Especially in Cape Town. Indeed, very, very difficult. Indeed, very difficult times. Very, very difficult. Okay. And Mr. Sheikh, please help me with the contact number of that Western Cape Police Commissioner. Trying him is not uh, in his focus. Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Can uh, can I give it to you now? Oh, yes, oh, okay. Or must I put it on the group for you? Yeah, you can uh, put it on the group. It's easy. But I can give it to you now. She's very, very accessible, that I must admit. Here we are. 082 what is the number? Yes. 082850. Yes. 9675. 9675. Yeah, I've been struggling with that number. What is her no, name? I, I promise you, if she doesn't answer that phone, in all my experiences, within a maximum of five to ten minutes, I must get a response. It's very, very helpful. What is her name? And her name is? Gerald Matakata. Gerald Matakata. Good morning, honorable members. Good morning, honorable yes. members. Good I'm morning, my, my apologies. My, uh, morning, my apologies, morning, comrade, mem uh, honorable members, honorable minister, honorable members. I had to switch from uh, a Zoom to Microsoft Teams, and uh, my laptop and the host yeah, kept on kicking me out. So, honorable Meshwe, honorable minister, honorable deputy minister, sorry for that. Honorable members, could we then now uh, mute our mics? Honorable Deputy Minister, could you please mute your mic? Um, we are ready to start the meeting. Honorable members, last week we considered and looked at the firearm amnesty. There were a number of concerns which were raised by the members. We have subsequently asked the, um, the SAPs and the Honourable Minister will be Hello? Okay. Yes? There seems to be a, a sound background. Is there maybe someone still muting and muting? Um, I think we have all muted now. Could I see? I'm just looking in. Honorable members, we, we should be right now. Are you all fine? All right. So, honorable members, honorable minister has joined us today because there were a number of questions which uh, minister uh, members raised on um, the firearm amnesty. We are given now another opportunity to look at uh, those questions which we raised. There's also been additional and uh, new information, which is updated information since last week. We are going to deal with that information now from the firearm amnesty. And uh, then lastly, we'll also address the um, the. A, a letter which was forwarded to me or sent to me by the Honourable Whitfield. I'm going to ask the, the Honourable Minister to introduce the team and to just introduce the presentation and then we'll take the, pres the new presentation from there. Thank you, Honourable Members.
Honourable Minister. Hello. Can, can you hear me, Chair? Yes, Honourable Minister. No, thanks. Thanks. Thank uh, you, Minister. Is this fourth industrial revolution? Uh, it's really sometimes uh, treat us uh, uh, not in a very modern way, especially old uh, old topics like us. The fourth industrial revolution sometimes is harsh on us. But uh, thanks. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, members. I hope you are doing well under these times uh, circumstances. Chairperson, uh, uh, maybe before they go for presentation, uh, the team will be led by the National Commissioner uh, that they are based in the TMS Center of the uh, South African Police. Uh, looks like the emphasis continues that you need to break your team in a smaller and smaller and smaller uh, teams because uh, uh, the big teams might be a problem if somebody is discovered to having been infected they will have to ground uh, the whole the whole team down so they are on different uh, stations uh, but the main team that will present is in the team uh, the tms uh, building of the south african police chairperson uh, i'm here this i'm here this week i i uh, apologized last week. Looks like there are some few issues that one will want to put in perspective before maybe the presentation. The, the South African police and all of us, we requested that there should be an amnesty that started in December and it ended in May. But in the midst of the amnesty, came the lockdown. That lockdown, to be more exact, it came on the 15th of March, which was the restricted period until the announcement of the lockdown that started on the 27th, if I'm not mistaken, of March. And there was completely no movement uh, <clears throat> around that time, uh, including the movement of the people that would have been submitting firearms and all that. So almost half of March and the whole of April was dead because remember they were on a lockdown five, which was really, really a lockdown. So we looked at the figures of the, we look at the figures of the, of the firearms that would have been submitted April was a terrible figure, and we said the, this amnesty was found by this COVID-19 in the middle of it and could not then achieve uh, its outcome that we are expecting to have uh, some firearms illegal or legal surrendered and, uh, and, and, and brought back to the police. We look back uh, at the history of the, of the, uh, of the periods of amnesty, firearms amnesty. We look at 2010, we're a good figure there. I'm sure presentation will tell us. We look at the next, uh, uh, the, we look at 2005, we're a good figure. 2010, yes, but less than, but less than uh, uh, 205, which this one was a bad figure. On that score then, we thought it would be 
it, it would be profound and okay for us to request another period of amnesty. Uh, I want to make that point because it sounded like in other quarters we were requesting the extension. We are requesting a period, a new period. Now, maybe the, it, it also looked like it's an it's a extension for two things. We, as the South African police, I guess, we made our request much later, uh, towards the end of uh, towards the end of May, and we requested it to be in June. So that sounds like an extension from May straight to June. Whereas, if not so, uh, the, the, the letter, that the notice that we submitted for the further approval that was signed, uh, was signed on the 19th of May by the minister, uh, when you go to, when you go to it, uh, and the, and the, on, the, on number five, under notice of submission, it, it, it tells us very clear that it needs to be pointed out that the Firearms Control Act does not specifically provide for the extension of the amnesty period. That's why we requested for a new period, because we can't extend, we can't request for extension. But maybe the lateness of submission of that which was signed, uh, that, that, that submission, which was signed on the 21st of, of uh, signed on the 21st of May, and uh, requesting that the second period must start on the 1st of June, may, made the, the members not have the, 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 the time of following all procedures, because it needs still to go to Parliament. So I think the time was too short. So it sounded like his extension, but also did not give the space for the for the members to go for uh, <clears throat> to go for all procedures via Parliament and all that. We are still requesting that. Uh, we have changed the time. Uh, I know there was some hiccups of the 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 new letter which the only thing is different on that letter are the dates requesting now August to January instead of June to November. So that's, that's the only change that we are making on the new, new letter, which I'm, I'm told has not uh, arrived uh, in, in, in Parliament, but the substance uh, uh, of that letter is exactly the same with the substance of the letter that was asking June to November, with exception of the change of the date uh, going forward. So if discussion and when discussion takes place, the substance will be just one, with exception of the dates. And I, I, I believe that uh, uh, for, for members, and I'm sure we'll understand it from the side of the police and the side of the ministry, that until the letter with the new dates uh, comes, it will be difficult to adopt the request because uh, you can't, we can't adopt and amend. So we, by the time you adopt, everything should be in there. So it's, 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 we send the letter late. There are some technicalities of, of it coming. I don't know if it has come now in Parliament, but uh, 
For that, we request to go forward and make the representation with some little bit of the update uh, <clears throat> with the previous uh, previous matter, especially on the guns surrendered, so that we discuss the uh, request, we discuss the substance, with the exception of changing the date from June to November to August to, to January. So for that, the National Commissioner will make the presentation uh, after he uh, uh, introduces team from where they are. Uh, Chairperson, that will be my preamble uh, in coming uh, to the presentation of the extension, no, not extension, of the new, uh, of the request of the new period for further, uh, for further amnesty for people to surrender, because we believe that the previous period was completely eaten by, was completely eaten by the lockdown. Thanks, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Uh, General Sitole, you may continue. You can introduce the presentation and continue from there. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, greetings to the Honorable Minister, the Honorable Deputy Minister, and Honorable Members. Uh, Chair, just quickly, the team in attendance online. Uh, firstly, I've got Lieutenant General Libya, the National Head of the Hawks. Lieutenant General S.F. Masemula, the Deputy National Commissioner for Policing. Lieutenant General Simfazi, the Deputy National Commissioner for Crime Detection. Lieutenant General Vuma, the Deputy National Commissioner for Asset and Legal. Uh, Lieutenant General Khan, the Divisional Commissioner for Legal Services. Lieutenant General Emel Mutlala, Acting Divisional Commissioner for Forensic Services. Major General MJ Mamuteti, Acting Divisional Commissioner of Visible Policy. Major General Sukukuni, Component Head Crime Registrar. Brigadier L. Ngueng Division Legal and Policy Services, uh, Major General Grunewald uh, Legal Services, Brigadier Van Niekerk Division Forensic Services, Brigadier L.S. Uh, Malatela, Executive Secretary at the National Commissioner's Office, and the Kennel K.P. Uh, Stain Parliamentary Services. Uh, this is the team and the chair. The, our presentation is going to be led by Major General Mamuteti from this poll. With your permission, can I give her the floor? Thank you very much. You may continue. continue. Thank you very much, Chairperson, um, uh, Minister and Deputy Minister and the National Commissioner. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm going to, uh, to be pre pre presenting the presentation as updated from the previous presentation that we did last week, just also to indicate. Can we confirm, Honorable Chair, that Honorable Members can see the presentation? Uh, the presentation is not on the screen yet. Could we just, we just arrange that uh, the presentation is on the screen? Can I confirm, Chair, is now on the screen? 
Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, National Commissioner. Uh, the purpose and the background, I think the Minister has already covered on that one. I will just quickly go through the presentation. What I wanted to indicate is that the presentation will actually cover the same presentation that we did, but updated with the latest information as we were working on the system up until the 29th of May, which is, the, which is Friday, before the end of the amnesty, which ended on the 31st of May 2020. And also some of the information that will be included, it will be the legal aspects part of it that was also raised as a concern during the presentation that we did last week. And to an extent, we will also cover some of the issues that were raised during the presentation of last week. Maybe if we can just quickly go to slide number five. Uh, as I've indicated that when we came here last week, it was about the, the statistic for for the statistic for, for the comparison was only up until the 22 of May. But now we have actually updated it up until the 29th of May. If you see the, the, the graph there, as we have indicated that the trend tell told us that showed us that when it, during the last month of the amnesty, the number increased. So from on the 29th of May, we already had 11,030 uh, firearms that were surrendered just for May, which is a sharp, sharp increase from April or from all this other month. But also maybe just to indicate that over and above the 11,000 that has already indicated there, we already we are sitting now at 17,000 firearms that were actually uh, surrendered during May, of which the process of, cal of calculating and synchronizing the system is still continuing. So the next slide is just indicating how many firearms were surrendered for voluntary, how many were uh, estate and how many were amnesty firearms. The amnesty firearms that were surrendered were 86.51% and then the amnesty um, uh, uh, ammunition were 79%. So the number also in terms of the ammunition has since increased. If we're talking about ammunition now, we are sitting at 239,888 ammunition that has been surrendered by the 29th of May. Going to the comparison in terms of the provinces, we see Gauteng still leading, followed by Western Cape and KZN. And as I've indicated in my presentation last week, these are the provinces that are actually our hotspots in terms of uh, serious crimes like the gangs, like the political killings and other serious crimes. But however, I must just indicate that in terms of the firearms that have been handed per stations, Gauteng, the most stations which received a lot of firearms, although the system is still synchronizing, we have Littleton, we have Boisens, Harsfontein and Verdebrach. And then KZN, we have Hillcrest, Richards Bay and Margate. Western Cape, we have Devonville, we have George, we have Belleville. So on the basis of the number that I'm giving now, you can, you can actually, we can actually say that the stations that are actually having a serious challenge in terms of the firearms like Nyanga, Guguletu, and the others that we know they're appearing in top 30, the numbers are still very low. Hence we're saying we still have to reach at those people so that they can actually be able to give the firearms or surrender the firearms. So the same trend goes to, if we go to slide number 11, 
The, the same trend goes to the uh, surrendered ammunition. There we still see Western Cape, uh, we see counting and also KZN receiving more. Slide number 11, if you can go to slide number 11, it shows the ammunition surrendered. Okay, uh, slide number 13. Which one I have it? Okay, slide number 11, okay, sorry. Can you go, my apology chairperson, can you go to the ammunition surrendered first so I don't confuse you? Okay, this is the ammunition. We see Western Cape followed by Houghton and, and KZN, which is still the same trend. Can you go to the next one? The next slide is more about the integrated uh, ballistic system, the firearms that have been submitted, uh, the, the, the number of cartridge cases that were received by, by forensic services for, 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 for analysis. We have submitted uh, eight, I mean 6,891. And I have to confirm that this is the other area where it is assisting us to be able to finalize the firearm applications. If we go to the firearm applications, because the condition says those people who can be able to prove the origin of firearm, they can be able to, sub, to, to apply for the relicensing of those firearm. On the relicensing, we have received uh, 10,704 applications and with the assistance from the integrated ballistic information system and the reports that we got from forensic, we were able to finalize 147 firearm applications. But however, I have to indicate that the capacity in that environment has been beefed up and we will be able to finalize as quickly as possible those applications that are sitting at CFR. The issue of the application is not only uh, dependent on the uh, 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 ballistic testing, but it's also dependent on the competencies. If the members have also applied for the competencies, they also have to get the approval of competencies before they can be able to get their licenses. On the other slide, we have also have included the comparison of the amnesties for the period 2005, as the minister has indicated, with the one of 2010 again, and the one for the 2019-2020. The one for, for the 2019-2020 actually was the same period as the one for 2005. And when you're looking at the numbers there, we are very low in terms of the number of firearms that we have received. So that is the other reason that was also uh, indicated by the minister that when we're comparing and benchmarking on the 2005, we realize that there's still a lot of firearms that we can be able to get from the community through voluntary surrendering. Uh, in the next slide, it's just a comparison in terms of crime where we compared the 2010 amnesty and the 2019-20 amnesty. But however, I must just indicate that the reduction in crime does not only, it's not only attributed to the fact that there was an amnesty. There are more other uh, factors that have attributed to that. But however, because amnesty was also in the process, we just want to also highlight that in a way it has also assisted in terms of reduction in the crimes, although there are some that where we still have some challenges. So in general, when you go to uh, 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 the comparison for 2010 amnesty, there was a decrease uh, four months after the amnesty, of which it was a good success. And then with the current one also, 
there is a decrease of serious crimes, especially crimes that are committed with firearms. If we go to the achievement of the objectives, we're just talking about the objectives that we have also, when we're talking about amnesty, we were assessing ourselves to say, are we really there? And we indicated even last week that the crime levels shows a decline. However, the crime that they reported with firearms are, are remain unacceptable. And the number of firearms reported stolen vis-a-vis the number of the recovery suggests that the number of illegal firearms in circulation is still high. Even though the people came forward in numbers to surrender their illegal and unwanted firearms, there are still many who requested for another amnesty to allow them opportunity for surrendering. Those we can be able to, to prove with the inquiries that we received from the community around that one. The other one was the issue that was also raised by the minister on the issue of the lockdown that restricted the movement of people from going to the pol- from their home to the police station to, the, to surrender their firearm. Not that there were no services, but because of the lockdown, they could not be able to go there. The other one that is talking to the... Uh, prevention of crime and violence uh, um, is the issue where the firearms still remain an instrument of choice and for the fact that it's also affecting, it is also having a psychological effect to people. So the issue of firearms remains a problem and has to be addressed. I gave the statistic and the stations where the firearms have been surrendered at the highest from Houten, Guazul, Natal, and Winston K. But still, we have areas where there is gangs, areas where is political killings, where is taxi violence, of which when I was taking on the statistic in terms of the number of firearms that have been surrendered, those stations are still having a low figure. So if we can be able to be afforded an opportunity again for another amnesty, we will intensify again our communication strategy to be able to get more firearms from them. The environmental design effect also has a problem where we're talking about the informal settlement. Mostly the the easy access of firearms, they provide the opportunity for the commission of crime. So we're talking about Google, Nyangas and the others where we say there could be more firearms that are there. We can still be able to get most of the firearms around them. The people living in South Africa, we know that there was a victim survey, survey that was done by the Statistics South Africa, where there were about 260,000 incidents of home robberies, which is affecting about 1% of households in South Africa. And the most common weapon used in those robberies were guns. So guns is just a problem. and. Therefore, if we can be able to be afforded another opportunity, we can be able to get more. Adding to the motivation is, again, the hotspots that we are having there that we still want to address and the low figure of the firearms that we have received as compared to 2010 amnesty and the fact that there were other factors such as festive season. We know the firearm amnesty was, uh, was, was started in the, in, in the beginning of January. During that period, it was a festive season, and also the COVID-19 uh, regulations also um, restricted the movement. Therefore, um, we are recommending, Chairperson, uh, 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 that the firearm amnesty period, another firearm amnesty from the 1st of August 2020, to the 31st of January 2021. Under the same section 139, subsection 2C of the Firearms Control Act, 
with a condition as per the draft that was signed by the minister. But however, I must just indicate that with the draft that we have submitted, there is 28 stations that have been exempted from receiving those stations, I mean from receiving the firearms, and the reason is because of the risk assessment that we have done. Previously, we had 46 stations in the previous amnesty, and then we, we managed to reduce or... Okay. So we, we, we just want to confirm whether we you still hear us clearly. Yes. No, thanks, Chair. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. The total number of 28, it, uh, as I was indicating that previously we had 46, but after we have conducted our, our risk assessment, we remained with 28 stations that is exempted from receiving the firearms. And the criteria there is just purely the fact that we are ensuring that there is safety of firearms and that in the storage, which is the SAP-30, and actually also on the securities that are in place at the police station. Therefore, these are the stations that are remaining with the current notice. So the process of, of the previous amnesty with the interventions that we had, we were able to mitigate a lot of risks. Hence, we are having uh, 28 station currently. Uh, through, through your approval, Chairperson, may I request a legal to talk to the legal requirements before I conclude my, my presentation. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for the presentation. We have uh, an echo. If it's from my side, I'm experiencing difficulties with my network today. So um, you can continue, but we still have a, a bad echo. Um, you might continue. Uh, thank you, Chair, uh, Minister, Deputy Minister, Honourable Members, National Commissioner, Senior Managers, all protocol observed. I will be talking to the issue of the legal requirements uh, and also alluding to the questions raised by the Honourable Dr. Kronewald at our previous uh, presentation. Um, during the presentation, um, Honourable Chair, Honourable Kronewald, Dr. raised a concern that the draft notice forwarded to Parliament by the Minister is unlawful. Uh, our submission is that the notice presented to Parliament complies with Section 139.1 and 2 of the Act. In terms of Section 139.1 of the Act, the Minister may, by notice in the Gazette, declare an amnesty if these are the two reasons. The amnesty may result in the reduction of the number of illegally possessed firearms in South Africa, and it is in the public interest to do so. 139.2 sets out that the notice must comply. It must be, will be only be valid if it is approved by Parliament. It must specify the period during which persons may apply for amnesty, and particularly must also specify the conditions under which amnesty may be granted. Slide number 19. Um, the notice forwarded to Parliament complies with the requirements of Section 139.1 and 2 of the Act. During the same presentation, Honourable Chair, the Honourable Kronewald contended that the notice forwarded by the Minister should have accompanied, should have been accompanied by a settlement reached between SAPS and the applicants in the matter between National Hunting and Shooting Association, NASA and the Minister of Police and another. We've just unpacked the particular matter, Chair, on slide number 20. Um, this is the, the background to this matter. An urgent application was brought by NASA on the 11th of December 2019 for the following relief. To have the amnesty declared invalid and set aside, that a new amnesty application must be submitted to the PCOP with comments from interested persons. 
In terms of the notice, the matter was set down for, for the 21st of December, but was removed, and the applicant set it down for January 2020 this year. After, they filed the, after we filed our answering affidavits, the applicants made a settlement proposal. This was the settlement proposal, Chair. The applicant will, be, applicant will withdraw its presence application. The minister will issue a new supplementary notice declaring the amnesty to include as a term thereof, in addition to the conditions already stated in the notice promulgated, as well as an extension of the period of the amnesty, as per the paragraph below, that the amnesty be extended to a date to be agreed upon at at least commensurate with the time lapse between promulgation of the initial notice and the amended one, each party to pay its own costs. Slide number 21. Uh, after much deliberation and on the instruction of the SAPS, we replied as follows, that the, that the SAPS accepts the proposal that the applicant withdraws its application. However, we indicated that the minister does not have the power unilaterally to amend the material terms of an amnesty as, as it requires the consent of parliament. The proposed requirement of the applicant's consent to the dates of the amnesty will be ultra vires. The minister cannot fetter the, the exercise of his statutory discretion by allowing a private party to determine how he will exercise it. Any purported agreement between the minister and the applicant as to the dates of the amnesty would in any event be meaningless as it could not bind parliament. SAPS accepts a proposal with respect to costs on condition that the applicant undertakes that if the present application is settled, it will not institute a new application challenging the validity of the present amnesty. And this was the ultimate agreement, uh, Chair, that was agreed upon. The parties then agreed on the following. The applicant withdraws the application. The applicant will not institute a new application challenging the validity of the present amnesty notice. Each party to pay their own costs. And this was the uh, uh, agreement that was made in order of the court. Chair, I must also pause at this point in time to indicate that um, in accordance with the, 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 this matter and uh, as per the discussions and negotiations on the uh, settlement of the matter, it was agreed that a notice will be sent out uh, internally uh, from visible policing environment and this was done on the uh, 21st of January, signed off by the National Commissioner, uh, in particular relating to the challenge that was raised uh, about the fact that um, uh, the, 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 there's a challenge in terms of the competency certificates. So this paragraph relates to that saying that when uh, a, a firearm is handed in together with a license to possess an application for a license to possess a firearm, uh, the additional document that can be added is the application for competency. I think it's the SAP 517. And that's the only document that went out as a result of this matter, Chair. Uh, I thank you and I hand over to uh, General to f finalize the conclusion. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, in conclusion, it's just to say that there's, we appreciate the thousands of firearms and ammunition that were, were surrendered during the recent uh, amnesty that was declared by the minister. However, there is still more that we can be able to do. In the, if, if the amnesty, another amnesty is afforded, is, is declared, we can be able to afford an opportunity again for the community members to surrender their illegal and unwanted firearms voluntarily. So this will assist us in, in order to cap the pro proliferation of illegal firearms and also in a way reduce the serious, the, the serious crimes that have been committed with firearms. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson and Minister. Thank you for the presentation. Honorable Minister, would you like to conclude? Well, uh, the chairperson besides the
last point to make that we believe uh, that uh, if we get another opportunity, we'll, we'll do better. Uh, one gun removed, especially illegal firearm removed in the circulation of community is uh, one uh, or more lives uh, uh, saved. So we, we will urge that uh, uh, the, the period is, is granted again going forward. Uh, it, it, it has been also raised by the community members that they were stuck in the lockdown. So if they can get the, the further uh, opportunity with the hope that uh, the portfolio committee and parliament will grant us going forward and they will be maximally utilized to reduce these illegal dangerous firearms that are circulating in the community. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Honourable Minister. Uh, Honourable Members, I'll allow you opportunities for um, inputs as well as questions. Qu comments, inputs, questions. I'll take hands now. Um, I've noted Honourable Groenewald, uh, Groenewald, Shembeni, Turk Blanche, Groenewald, Shembeni, Turk Blanche, Shaky Mam. Any further hands? Faku. Faku. Um, could we take those hands now? Honorable Groenewald? Thank you, Chair. Yeah, well, firstly, I want to say to the Honorable Minister, uh, it's uh, quite a different approach this time. Uh, I heard uh, very clearly what the Honorable Minister said. Honorable Minister, you will remember, if I may refresh the minds a bit, with uh, this amnesty that has been passed, uh, the both of us were on an aeroplane. We sat next to each other. And when uh, the notice in the Gazette was published, uh, that was in November, I uh, put your attention to the fact that that notice was signed in August, that same year. Uh, and you were quite surprised. You didn't even know that. And I said that you people must stop uh, cut and paste, uh, just putting the things over. Now, firstly, Chairperson, the minister is quite right. And let me come with my first uh, remarks as far as that I said that it will not be legal. It will be illegal to continue. The minister himself now admitted when he started to speak to say that we cannot just extend. It is a new process. And that was exactly my argument. My argument was to say that we cannot just extend the amnesty. And in fact, uh, we are uh, at a meeting last Wednesday, it was a couple of days before the 1st of June, and the process is still to be completed. So, thank you, Honorable Minister, you agree that we just couldn't just extend the amnesty because that would have been illegal. I also want to say, Honorable Chair, that there must be no misunderstanding. In principle, I have no problem with amnesty. We can have a long debate, but in principle, I an amnesty. My next uh, point, what I made, was about the the 
the, the court case. Now, firstly, I've went through the presentation, and at the end, it was said that there was an agreement also for a notice as far as the competency certificates uh, were concerned. And that was exactly my point. Uh, I said that the, the competency certificates was very important. And, and let me explain to the honorable members, because I don't think everybody has got that detail. The fact of the matter is that what happened is that the notice, and I'm talking about the previous uh, term of the amnesty, it said that if you can prove that you were the owner of the firearm, then you can apply for a new license. But what then happened in practice is that people came and handed in their firearms, but the moment they handed it in and they want to apply for a new firearm license, then the DFO said, but where's your competency certificate? And then the competency certificate also expired, and then the DFOs refused uh, a new application for a license because of the fact that there was no competency certificate. And that was an essential, crucial matter of uh, the court case as well. And yes, there was then a directive to say that you can now simultaneously apply for your competency certificate. So you don't have to prove and give in a copy of your competency certificate. That's very essential. And what I was asking is that we should include that in the conditions with this amnesty, because we have the time now, we don't have to go to a court again. And I understand the directive, and my appeal was that we must include it, and I still appeal that we put that matter also in the notice of the conditions of the amnesty. Further, Chairperson, I also want to say with great respect, I'm a bit worried with the statistics provided today. You know, with great respect to, to give a, a graph of contact crimes committed with firearms uh, during the 2019-20 amnesty period and trying to create the impression that uh, when it comes to robbery, aggregating circumstances, uh, non-residential carjacking, attempted murder, everything, with the decrease of the incidents, and by that, trying to create the impression that it is because of the amnesty period, period. I want to say, Chairperson, I think in a little bit it's, it's an insult to all the members of Parliament of this committee. The decrease was not as because of the amnesty. The decrease in those figures are because of the lockdown. That is as simple as that. The Honourable Minister himself, at numerous occasions, sit and gave us the statistics of the decrease of crimes during the lockdown period. So I object, Chairperson, with this presentation, giving figures, trying to mislead this committee to create the impression that crime statistics are down because of the amnesty. It's just not true. And that must be corrected. My last remark and question, Chairperson, is if I look at the presentation, which we received the previous meeting on the 27th of May. And I look at those statistics, and I look at the new statistics, 
just to give you a number, for instance, the firearm surrender. Uh, it was then said in our previous meeting, it was 19,500. And now it is said that it's 27,376. So in a short, in a matter of about four or five, six days, we're talking about an increase of 7,836. It doesn't make sense to me. Because the people just didn't go to police stations and just hand in their firearms. Why this huge increase? I want an explanation on that. Lastly, Chairperson, I want to hear from the Honorable uh, Minister as well as the Commissioner. I said on many occasions in this committee, we have a serious problem with the DFOs at police stations. They don't know what to do. Well, not all of them, but we are receiving many and many complaints. People go to the DFO if they want to add in their firearms and the DFO says, no, you cannot. Other DFO says, yes, thank you, give in the firearm. I would like to hear what training, and let's get it in writing, what training is given to the DFOs what do they have to comply to to be a DFO? Because really, Chairperson, this is a huge, huge problem. I thank you for the time uh, permitted for me to speak. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Grunewald. Honorable Shembeni. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Uh, thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, am I clear, Chairperson? Absolutely clear. Thank you, Honorable Shembeni. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Dr. Hrulinwald has covered me in some of the questions that I wanted to ask. Uh, as so to say that the amnesty, uh, it, it's not helping somewhere, somewhere. It's the lockdown that did help. Uh, I concur with him in that too. Uh, what I wanted to ask here is the types of firearms that are being handed in the different police stations. What I want to know, the makes of the firearms, but look, because we've got rifles, we've got pistols. We want to know how many uh, pistols, how many assault rifles do we have that have been handed in. And secondly, whether these firearms are South African-made firearms or, so to say, they are being sold in our gun shops, or they are foreign firearms, so that we can know exactly where to concentrate. This is what I want to know. Do we have, how many do we have from South Africa that have been handed and from foreign, well, about foreign I'm talking the likes of AK-47s and the like, so that we know exactly what to concentrate. Now, with the issue of the DFOs, I want to know also how would people say they would come and hand in firearms if the DFOs are being deployed also outside to, to do the lockdown uh, operations? Because the DFOs were outside. And that was done purposely, whereas we know that people must bring firearms in the police stations and the DFOs were not there. Why were they 
deployed outside. And if it is a matter of uh, remuneration, that goes to the people who are working outside the offices and the people working inside the offices. Are they not allocated in this COVID-19 the same remuneration? Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Shimpeni. Honorable Tablanche. Chairperson, thank you. Uh, Chairperson, let me start by welcoming the Minister and the Deputy Minister and the Police Delegation, the National Commissioner and his delegation. Chairperson, I'm happy that, I'm glad that the National Min or the Minister clarified some of this confusion that is surrounding this whole process. You know, uh, if you go to the minutes, Chairperson, we've been discussing in the previous meeting on the 27th, the extension of a process. Fact of the matter is, I tried to explain, but you know, an Afrikaans said the Bible was stem from the Yenwad Rupanibustain. Nobody wanted to understand that, and that is against, as the Honorable Khurnawal explained, Section 139 of that specific act. Now, the question now arises, uh, Chairperson, where do we stand now in terms of the decision that was taken uh, the 27th in that meeting? We've been discussing an extension. Uh, further to that, uh, the, the, the application or the draft notice wasn't present in, in, in you know, during our discussion. So what did we approve? I, I, that is my question, Chairperson. Secondly, this is not the end of the confusion. Even today, as we discussing this very meeting here, you know, uh, in the draft notice again, the dates are indicated the 1st of June till blah, blah, blah. And then again, in the presentation, we are dealing from the 1st of August. So what are we discussing? When, what is this period that the national minister wants? You know, I cannot understand with all due respect that this is the second attempt now, and yet the police cannot even come with a proper proper documentation to inform this meeting exactly what they want. Chairperson, really, I, I need some clarity on that. Then, Chairperson, seemingly, the police is battling to deal with the firearms that were handed in. You know, we got a list of all the applications that they got, 27,000 something, I think. But let's go to the, let's go to the applications for new licenses that people also applied for. They get a total of 10,704, sent to national 6,063, still in provinces 4,611. They only managed to finalize 146, uh, 147 cases, 147 cases. Then again, if you if you go to the ballistic information, the uh, IBIS system finalized, they also get 6,891 cases to, to investigate or to check or whatever until today or till to the date, only 33 is finalized. And now, yet again, the police is, or the minister is applying for a, another round of amnesty. And let me also explain, I am not against amnesty. 
I support anything, any initiative that will bring down crime in this country. But Chairperson, I, I, I'm concerned that really we are not really making progress here. You know, to get to give us the statistics of 2010, that was the World Cup that really contributed to that. It's not the firearm amnesty only. And like this instance now again, that is that is the lockdown. So to come here and tell us that that is now the results of, of, of the amnesty, Chairperson, I don't think that is very honest to do that. For now, Chairperson, let me stop at that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Tablon. Shake your mum and then Faku. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. I, I thought when I saw your picture this morning that it was Valentine's Day, but then I checked my calendar and I realized it's not. But thank you for the department for the presentation. Honorable, Honorable Shaky Mom, you are out of order, please. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I'd like the department to just give me clarity on what happens between the period 31st of May to the 31st of July was what they are requesting is from the 1st of August. Uh, uh, okay, so that's the first thing. Now, one of my confusion is uh, and concerns that is raised here, that it appears that the National Hunting and Shooting Association took umbrage over the fact that their understanding the minister intended to extend rather than apply for a new uh, amnesty deal. And uh, the minister has clearly stated that he does not have the authority, and rightfully so, to, to extend the period. It must be an act of parliament that must be passed for it to be uh, concluded. Now, the question is, but in the same proposal I see that was made by the National Hunting and Shooting Association, in a settlement agreement that they are talking about that the amnesty be extended. So I would like you to give me some clarity on that. Uh, you know, on the one hand, it, the argument was it should not be an extension, it should be a new proposal. On the other hand, they are saying it should be an extension. Now, in my understanding, you know, and I'm going to give an, a simple uh, a logical explanation. If you've got less motor vehicles on the road, you will have less accidents. If you have less firearms, you will have less firearm-related crime in South Africa. Now, with 54% on household crime committed to the use of firearms, indeed, to some extent, we must admit that the amnesty period could have helped, but over and above that, we must give credit to the lockdown period. But we can't rule out the fact that the amnesty period will also reduce, will help reduce the crime, firearm-related, because the, the, the number of firearms in circulation is reducing all the time. And it's going to continue like that if our amnesty continues and we bring in as many firearms as possible. In fact, that the ideal situation is, and I like what Honorable Whitfield says, that the emphasis should be on saving lives, on protecting society, and, and, and that's the right thing to do. So if we reduce the, 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 the uh, firearm-related crime in South Africa, people will feel a lot safer than they do currently. Now, I'd like the department to tell us, from the time the firearms are, are surrendered right to the point of destruction, you know, uh, uh, I want them to tell us that process, how protective is it, you know, to what extent can they give us some assurance or guarantee 
that it is not going into the wrong hands because we've had this challenge previously where firearms were being uh, surrendered and of course there were many police officers uh, that were actually uh, culpable in actually uh, 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 giving these to criminals all over. Now, you know, just one day, that was on Monday, when alcohol was now released for sale, the number of problems we are having now with firearm-related incidents and shootings and calls that we are receiving is unbelievable. So I'd like the police department to be able to tell us what additional measures they're taking. But in a nutshell, Chairperson, uh, uh, the National Freedom Party supports any process of reducing the number of firearms in circulation in society. It is detrimental to the lives of our people in society. We know for a fact the number of crimes that are committed, the number of lives, and we also know the number of lives that are lost by even your own social partners because of firearms. So it's a menace to society. The National Freedom Party supports any initiative to be able to reduce uh, uh, firearms circulation in, in, in the country. Honorable Sheikh Imamas, have you concluded? Yes, thank you very much, Shahir. Thank you. Um, thank you very much, Honorable Sheikh Imam, Faku, and then Whitfield. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, first, let us welcome the presentation from Sir. I think, Chairperson, one of the things that we need to appreciate is in, especially under the difficult times that we are operating. We are operating under a different abnormality. So it is important that we know that, Chairperson. Honorable Faku, are you still there? Honorable Faku, your network I, I was is part of the committee last week. I think it is Honorable, Honorable Faku, sorry for interrupting you. Could, um, could you just keep your mic on and then switch off your video so that we can see if we can hear you better? And wherever areas where we will because all of us are still in the place. Can you hear me, Chair? Honorable Faku, could you switch off your Please. video? We are. I'm having a problem. Switch, switch off your video and keep on your mic. Can you hear me now, Chair? Yes, that's better. Thank you. You may continue. Thank you, Chairperson. Let me start from the beginning. I think let us appreciate the presentation from SARS. I think it's important we acknowledge the work that has been done. Although there are areas of improvement, Chairperson, we are living under difficult circumstances. Let us appreciate the work that has been done thus far, but of course there's more that needs to be done. Chairperson, I just want to say that I was part of the committee meeting last week, and one of the things that we have to say that this matter must be referred to the next meeting to get clarity on issues. 
so that we can get clarity on issues because we knew that the, ex- that the fire amnesty is ending on the 31st of May. Hence, we did not approve the extension. So I just wanted to clarify because that one was very clear. But also, I want to ask the minister, as much as we welcome the increase of numbers in the received up to date, there's an increase of numbers of of firearms that have been that have been allocated. So we want to understand where are these numbers coming from. I think Honorable Hrunovac has raised this issue, but also let us welcome uh, the um, out of court settlement uh, from with the two parties. Let us welcome that as well. But also, I want to just emphasize of what Honorable Iman was saying that I think as a country it is important that we welcome, especially when about firearm amnesty, because our country, as we know, that there's a lot of firearms that are illegal out there. We must appreciate it. For me, if it was for me, I would want to stay in a um, firearm-free society where they are local. That our children are able to go outside and play. So I think it's important that we know that. But also, I think we must welcome the report from the minister. But at this moment, unfortunately, we can't endorse it because we have not yet received a notice. But I would also say that let us support this uh, new um, process they are coming up with to us so that uh, uh, we make sure. But as a committee, I think let us note it until we get the correct uh, notice from the Office of the State. Thanks, Chair. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Honorable Whitfield and then Honorable Majosi. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I'll keep my video off um, uh, this time in, in order to ensure that it's a seamless connection. I trust that's okay. Um, Chairperson... Agreed. Chairperson, I want to echo the sentiments of my colleagues that the statistics that have been provided to create an impression that amnesty is the uh, causal link uh, in in the decline in gun-related crime uh, is disingenuous, it is misleading, uh, and I I would ask that SAPs be cautioned to present statistics in such a manner without being able to actually prove uh, that the firearms that have been handed in have been linked to the commission of a crime. And at the end of the day, that is what we want to try to uh, assess, whether in fact these illegal uh, firearms uh, have been um, involved in the commission of a crime. And I I refer, Chairperson, uh, I would like SAPS to just give us an explanation, but I refer to the third quarter report that was presented by SAPS in Parliament this year in March, where um, the program uh, three, Detective Services, under the IBIS indicator, uh, which was the percentage of IBIS intelligence case exhibits finalized, the annual target is 95%. Quarter one and quarter two uh, met or exceeded that target. And then there was a significant 50% decline in quarter three. I'd like an explanation from SAPS as to what the reasons for that decline were, whether those reasons or issues have been rectified and whether they believe that they will be able to ballistics test all of the firearms in this amnesty that has has just passed before the commencement of the new amnesty. Because if you want to prove that firearms have been involved in the commission of a crime, the only way to do that 
is through ballistics analysis. And of all the firearms we've submitted that have been submitted during the amnesty, we can see, I think it was only 33 chair that have actually been processed through IBIS. So there is a significant problem there. And in order for amnesty to be successful, IBIS has to be fully operational and be able to keep up with the, uh, the uh, submissions through amnesty. Chair, I, I then would like to uh, also just highlight as a point for the committee that in the presentation, the presenter admitted that the high weight crime uh, police stations like in Yanga and Guguletu and various others around the country have had a low rate of submission during this amnesty. So the highest crime areas have had the lowest submission of firearms, which is an important point to note because that is where the criminals are. SAPS has told us these are the top 30 crime weight stations in the country, uh, and the presenter indicated that this is where the lowest number of amnesty firearms have been handed in. And so, you know, it just calls into question whether the amnesty is in fact effective in dealing with criminals who are in possession of illegal firearms uh, rather than people whose firearms licenses have simply expired. The other uh, points, Chair, just two questions for SAPS. Uh, how many SAPS firearms have been stolen during this firearm amnesty? Uh, and how many, uh, if any, uh, amnesty firearms which have been handed in during this amnesty have been stolen from uh, police stations across the country, if any? Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Whitfield, Honorable Majorzi, and uh, then I don't see any additional hands. I'll take Honorable Majorzi, then I'll give the Minister and SAPS an opportunity to respond. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, greetings to the chairperson and the honourable members, the minister and the deputy minister, um, and the generals of uh, police. Um, no, chairperson, um, firstly, just to say that I've, I've been having problems with my, my gadget, so I haven't been able to, to follow the presentation. I just logged in now, but I could hear that we are speaking about the fire amnest. Uh, and I welcome the extension if that is the route that you are going to take as the committee that we should extend the firearms amnesty so that people are able to bring the, their firearms. Uh, but my concern, Chairperson, would be that uh, what is the strategy that we are having in, in locating the firearms that are in possession of foreigners who came here illegally and because we don't have we don't seem to have that strategy and we won't be able to locate all the firearms that are on the streets, and which means those ones will continue with the crimes that are, 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 being, are being done now in South Africa. Even if we say uh, we, we, we consider that it is maybe the lockdown that is making people not to bring their firearms amnesty, I mean their firearms, but it simply means that, which means those ones who are foreigners who came here illegally so to do criminal things in South Africa won't be able to locate those ones. But what is what is SAPS strategy in, in doing so? And also Chairperson, do 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 SAPS know maybe uh, of the ones that are legal firearms but they have been doing wrong things. Uh, what is what what is it that they are saying to them? Because there are people who are in hold who are in in hold of their firearms of which they, are, they they got them legally, but now the problem is that they are not they are abusing 
their firearms and they are not using them the way they should. So what, what is the SAPS doing in terms of that? And once they find um, that those firearms, um, maybe they've uh, done some criminal things, what is it that they, 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 they will do with those firearms? And in terms of the extension, Chairperson, I think maybe I asked this question on our last meeting, that for the security aids that are uh, guarding uh, politicians who have uh, expired uh, 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 firearms licenses, what, what is the process that they should uh, follow and will, will their firearms be taken maybe for that period of time and for that period of time, what is it that they should be using in, in those terms? Those are the three things that I wanted to share. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Honorable Majosi. Um, Minister, and then uh, you will designate who else should speak. Uh, thanks very much, Chairperson. Am I audible? Yes, Honorable Minister. No, thanks very much. Uh, uh, Commissioner and the rest will answer those special, specific technical uh, questions. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we have agreed on some quite significant element with Dr. Hunewald on the on the met, on some matters uh, raised here. <clears throat> Jefferson, there is this question I want to go back to it. I, I do have these documents uh, in my in my hand, the declaration of amnesty and the submission for approval. Nowhere we speak about extension. I, I just want to make that point. Now where we speak about extension, uh, the document for approval, if you read it, we even make the point on point five, where we say it needs to be pointed out that the Firearm Control Act does not specifically provide for extension of amnesty period. We could not have then have quoted that uh, as an act and just go and do directly opposite to that. But we say, we understand that maybe we squeeze it too much as we move from May 21st when this document was signed to June 1st. It sounded like an extension because there is no space for the portfolio committee through parliament to follow the processes for the amnesty to be granted. So it, it, it should be understood that way Nobody requested the extension. Maybe the time timelines made us feel that it has been so. So I, I, I hope we put that point to rest, that we understand how the amnesty goes. It goes with the request of the period rather than the extension. I hope that uh, responding to Honorable Sokhrona Varri, I can't remember who else raised that point. But there was that, the new period, no extension. There is a question that I would like to, uh, I think is both Honorable Hunavald, Honorable Whitefield, and Honorable Terry Blatch, on the question of reduction. The question of reduction does not necessarily speak to the present amnesty. That is why, that is why we make those figures 2010, not under this period. We make those figures 2010, and we acknowledge that 
there are reductions, and those reductions are very slim, are reductions that would have loved to be more, but we're not saying those reductions are linked to the present lockdown situation. So far, for members to understand as if it said so, it is not so. But I would go on and simply say, one gun removed from the circulation of the community is a gun, is one person safer or more people safer. I, 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 I just want to make the point to say reduction of firearms in the hands of the community out there, especially those that would be legal, will make South Africans better, safer. That arithmetic or that mathematics is made on the amnesty of 2010. So it's disingenuous too to say we're making that based on this amnesty chair. So I want to make that indeed we would find more guns taken out of circulation, reduction of the people that will be hurt or murdered through the firearms. Well, Mr. Th uh, Honorable Member, Mr. Terry uh, Blasier, goes on to say the, the 2010 was a World Cup, and now there is a lockdown. That's why there is a low crime. Well, I, I, I haven't found, I was here 2010, I haven't found the scientific argument that 2010 made the reduction to crime. I was here. But having said so, Mr. Chair, uh, Honorable Chairperson, 2010-2011 was very low in terms of, of, of murders. But 2011 to 2012 was even better. So I'll urge the members to go and look, and they, look at their, uh, look at their uh, statistics. 2011-2012, there was no World Cup in 2011-2012, but there was even better. We can talk about the stories, what happened in that, the mechanism. We put a lot of mechanism there. We put a lot of training. It was nothing but the, the work of the police, the commitment of the police, the structures that were created that made that reduction of, 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 of crime, especially met and other serious crime, including cash eyes, including uh, truck uh, hijack. So it's not very correct to say 2010 was because of World Cup. If it was World Cup, 2011, 2012 was better than 2010, and there was no World Cup on that one. So I want to put that again to rest. This theory of 2010 and World Cup and making better, I don't know where it comes from. Please, you go and look your statistics. Your statistics will tell us that the ever best time of measures in this country was 2011, 2012. No World Cup, no lockdown. Police were just doing their work together with other structures. So I want to put that one uh, in perspective, Chairperson. Uh, 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 I'm explaining to three questions raised by uh, raised by uh, by three three members: Terry uh, Blanch, uh, Honourable Member, Honourable Daughter, uh, and Honourable Mr. Uh, uh, Whitefield. Uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm sure 
commissioner and the team will answer on this decline of IBIS. Uh, I think it was a question of it was a question of procurement. Maybe they'll explain exactly what is our what is our trouble uh, on 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 the twelve. Uh, yeah, basically those are the questions uh, that I wanted to 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 answer on them. But let me add, Chairperson. Let me add on this thing of firearms. Firearms kill. Firearms kill. Firearms kill whether it's illegal or illegal. So it will help. And I know this is a point that I'm always shot at. It will help if we have less firearms in circulation within the nation. So it is a request that those firearms are given the way out of the circulation. So the other question that has been asked is how many out there these firearms were chasing? Chairperson, maybe that's not the figure, but I will say the, our states must work on that figure. As the South African police, besides amnesty, were doing a lot of work in getting illegal firearms that are used by criminals out there on your cash heist, on your ordinary criminality, on your, on your, on your taxi violence, or out, out there, we're doing ourselves the lot of work. Uh, last, last weekend, uh, we, we, we had an exchange of fire with one of the most, most notorious criminals uh, at Deep Slot. When you knocked on his door, he exchanged the fire. Police won that badly. That guy was hit. In his house, we find 11 firearms. 11 firearms that we found there. So these, these are the, in the operation we find. But when you go to escort at, at Loscope again, we arrested 14 people there with nine firearms. But there are a lot of operations, even under lockdown, you can see as we give as we give our our statistics, there have been a lot of firearms that have been discovered, recovered, and arrested by the South African police. That is besides that is besides the the the, the amnesty. This will enhance us. It gives even those people that legally they own, by they feel that I don't need this firearm, let me surrender it. But that is not going to stop us as the South African police to go out, hunt those firearms that are illegally and killing our people through the different crimes. So it's a combination of every other things that we do together trying to reduce the crime. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let the rest of the question be answered by the National Commissioner and the team, uh, Chairperson. Thanks, Honorable Chair. Honorable um, Minister, um, this is not a personal question. But could you also tell me when um, General Becky Kelly was the National Commissioner of Police? Uh, this is not a personal question. It's just um, I, I want to check the dates on when there was a General Kelly who was the National Commissioner. I just need the periods. Uh, it, maybe it was, it was from July 2009. 
going to going to I think November 2011. At that time, at, at that time is exactly what, that's why I know the statistics of the time that 20, 2010, 2011, we broke the trend. The trend was that you go down by 1,000, it would be from 18,000 to 19, 80, to 17, but 2010, 2011, we broke the trend. We moved straight from 18,000 to 16,000. There was no 17,000. But 2011, 2012 was even better in terms of the statistics. So that was the time when one was around. That's why I still remember very well those statistics. And there was no 2010. There was no lockdown in 2011, 2012. It was just the police doing their job. And it was also just the general who was also the national commissioner who was doing his job. We are just giving you credit, Minister. Well, um, give the credit, give the bells to the rest of the, of the, of the, of the men in blue and, uh, and women in blue. Definitely, General Kelly could not have done it alone. So it was a teamwork that he did that well. And uh, General Stoller was part of that teamwork. And many of them seated there, they were part of the teamwork. So it, it, it can be done. It was done. Thank you. That's exactly what we wanted to hear. The team, we are very proud of the team. Um, is General Sitole coming in now? Uh, Honorable Minister, is General Sitole coming in now? I would expect him to come in now, yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, Chair, I am going to start with the first question that the Minister indicated we will answer, which is the, the decline of the IBIS uh, stats. During the period in question, which has been mentioned, the IBIS system was down. So it was a system's fault, H hence the reason for the decline. But it is all, also during the same period when the IBIS contract expired, but the, the contract after it has expired, we went on a month to month, nothing stopped until the contract was renewed. But the system was corrected and the added time it was corrected and when it was put up, then it already lost the momentum, hence the, the decline. The second part, Chair, I, I also want to apologize to the committee to say there was no intention for us to try and mislead the committee with the stats. I think the operatives will explain the operational rationale, uh, but I just want to maybe tender the apology. Then the DFOs, uh, firstly, they have a course, a formal course which they attend. And secondly, there are several sessions which uh, has been convened by National upon my instruction immediate as we had the concerns raised by the committee 
then we also had a, a circular that went out withdrawing the DFOs from the deployments uh, with regard to COVID-19 because they will have to be at the station. So at the present moment, they are there. Over and above all the measures that we have put in place, we're also going to task the inspectorate to go to the so-called hotspot troublesome stations. I will I will then urge also honorable members as they pick up problems with specific police stations. I think honorable members usually also call me uh, in person. We can be there to get that information. We'll, we'll direct the inspectorate to go and deal with such matters immediately. Then chair, we request to submit reports on the categories of the different firearms uh, submitted. We would, we would also like to submit that report as, as protected information because we don't want uh, people to know which categories of firearms are at which police station because it can be risky. Then we also request to submit a report on the SAPS firearms stolen as well as the firearms handed in which were stolen. I want to confirm to honorable members that up to this far, we haven't received any single report pertaining to firearms stolen, which were, which were handed in. But we also want to make sure and do more groundwork with regard to this. Then the safety of firearms at the police stations. Firstly, we continuously conduct a physical security assessment in the stations that are chosen to keep firearms to ensure that there's safety measures. Uh, stemming from the measures that we put in place informed by the physical security assessment reports, we would therefore like to give assurance to the parliament that uh, those firearms uh, are safe up to, up to this far. Then, Honorable Chair, I would then like to hand over to the operatives led by General Masemula to answer some of the questions, just to qualify. With your permission, Chair. Thank you. Uh, you may continue. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson and uh, the Honorable Minister, Deputy Ministers and Honorable Members. Uh, on the type of uh, the question on the type of firearms that were handed in, uh, Honorable Chair, there is quite a number of firearms. It's all types. We are consolidating the whole overall report for the up to the end of the amnesty. Once we have that, we'll be able to convert it to the Honorable Chair. But it's all type of uh, firearms. Uh, on the Yeah, on the question of huge yeah, on the question of the huge increase on the last days, uh, well, on that question, honourable chair, yes, on the last days of May, we received quite a lot of uh, firearms within a short space of time. We, of course, we wouldn't know why. They, obviously, the public will presume they knew is the last moments and they came up in numbers. So that's the only reason we could put forward that they so that it is towards the end and they came in numbers and we are still counting those firearms and once we have reconciled all those figures 
we will be able to uh, make the report available to the, 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 the committee. Uh, on the question of the number of applications that have been uh, that have been uh, submitted, the 10,001 on slide 10. Uh, yes, there is 147 that has been finalised. Of course, taking into account the reasons that the national commissioner gave in terms of ballistic, and also taking into account that the process of uh, either granting or declining one a firearm license is quite laborious. There's quite a lot of steps that has been has to be taken. So uh, we we we. we do quite a diligent process so that we make sure that uh, if firearm licenses are issued, they are issued after all the processes has been completed. Uh, there was also... Yeah, the, the, the matter of uh, high crime stations submitting uh, low stats firearm, we acknowledge that that's what Yes, it is happening, but uh, of course we are going to engage in operations from now on with a process to root out those firearms that might still be left within those communities. And uh, then we hope that with the next uh, firearm amnesty, the, the, such stations will uh, come forward in handing in firearms. I'm not sure whether there is any other gentleman, Teddy, there is something left. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, there was a last question on legal firearms doing wrong things. I think there, Chair, we apply both the Criminal Procedure Act as well as the Firearm Control Act. Because in terms of the Criminal Procedure Act, if the firearm, the firearm is involved in the commission of the crime, the court would pronounce at the end of the the case how the firearms should be disposed of uh, in terms of the firearms control act or we may also conduct section 102 against the the said person declaring him or her unfit to possess the firearm and they will then confiscate that particular uh, firearm which means it will no longer be legal for this for this particular person. And this person may not be given further license to possess a firearm. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, thank you, Honorable Minister and uh, General Satole and your, your team. Um, Honorable Members, do you have any further questions? I do not see any further hands. Chairperson, I still have one question, please. Chairperson, um, I did raise my hand. Again, I, I don't see it in the chat. Ashurnaval, the Blanche, uh, Majosi, um, Iman, and, um, and Faku. Khurnavald, you may continue. Honorable Khurnavald. Thank you, Chair. Chair, firstly, I want to say that the minister referred to the notice that he has given and he has pointed uh, to point number five, uh, referring to the whole issue about extension or not. 
can I ask that we can receive that notice, please? Because I don't have that notice. And I went through my emails. The last notice I received uh, definitely does not refer to that. Uh, in fact, it doesn't even have uh, five, five paragraphs or five points to look at. So, firstly, I'd like to, to get that notice. Chairperson, I hear what the Honourable Minister has to say about firearms and everything. <clears throat> now, Minister, all I want to say is that, and, and I want to use your strong words, you said firearms kill. Now, Honourable Minister, I say to you, if that is your approach, pencils spell incorrectly. It's exactly the same. So, I want to say, Chairperson, even the referral to illegal firearms, it has been admitted today. Uh, I think the, the, the Commissioner said that at this stage, not one single stolen firearm had been handed in. So that's proof. The illegal firearms, those firearms are the problem. And with great respect, I think we should come up with a, well, I know there's a strategy, but to see how we can strengthen that strategy to focus on illegal firearms. With great respect also, Honourable Minister, the public and myself have the impression that you are focusing on legal firearms. And let's not get technically about this matter. I know if a firearms license had expired, according to the Act, yes, and the law, it's illegal. But when we talk about illegal firearms, we're talking about those illegal firearms in the hands of criminals. And I would like to see that those firearms getting out of circulation. I also want to say, Chairperson, that I, I give credit, always. If one, one deserves credit, I give credit. And yes, Honourable Minister, you do uh, deserve credit when you were the Commissioner. But let's also say that the World Soccer Cup in 2010 played a huge role in the decreasing of crime statistics because of one crucial matter. That was the visibility of police. And the, and the Honourable Minister knows that. He, as Commissioner at that time, he knows that when you have more visibility, then crime figures are going to down. And we have seen it now in the lockdown period again, because of more visibility of police as well as the South African National Defense Force, crimes are going down. It's about visibility. Lastly, Chairperson, and I'm not going into a debate and everything, I'm worried about the remark from the general that said that we are still counting the firearms. Uh, can I have clarity on that, Honorable Chair, still counting the firearms that has been handed in? What's wrong with the system? It should be computerized. It should have been available immediately. Can I have an explanation how the system works if we are still counting firearms handed in in this amnesty period? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Gurnewald. Honorable Tablach. Chairperson, thank you. 
Um, I also want to add something about the firearms. Yes, firearms kill, but firearms also protect. That is the, the other side of that. The chairperson, and then about 2011, no World Cup, but also no amnesty in 2011. So, you know, that is not really an argument with all due respect. Chairperson, I just want to know, 27,336 firearms were handed in. I just want to know how many, if any, up to this stage was connected positively with any crime committed. That is my first question. Secondly, the last one, Chairperson, the police issued a directive on the 7th of May 2020, preventing firearm owners from applying from the renewal and obviously due to the to the lockdown. My question is, Chairperson, how are they going to deal now with those applications? Some of that applications also, you know, are going to expire within the 90-day permitted period. Thank you, Chair. Thank, thank you very much, Honorable uh, Tablanche. Honorable Majorzi, Sheikhi Mam, and then Faku. Thank you, Chair. No, I think mine is uh, uh, quite short. I did not get a clear response on the question that I asked on what, which strategy are we going to use in locating the illegal firearms that are in possession of foreigners who are not even legal in South Africa. So I just wanted to note that, as the minister has said, that as long as we still have firearms, uh, South Africans are not safe out there. So how do we make sure that we locate those those firearms? That is what I wanted clarity on, Chairperson, because I heard the responses, but the responses were not very clear. Thanks. Um, thank you very much, Honorable Majosi. Sheikh Imam and then Faku. Thank you, Chair. I'd like the department to tell us that, if not today, at some stage in the future, whether they would be able to tell us the firearms that have been surrendered or that have been recovered, what amount of them were from either the security industry or from the police departments that were previously stolen. That's the first thing. And then the second thing I would like to know is this. What amount of, what percentage of the illegal firearm, now you get two types of illegal firearms in my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong. One is those that were never registered in the country that were brought from wherever they were or illegally manufactured and think that's the one illegal. The, the other one is a legal firearm that was stolen that now becomes illegal. So I'd like the department to perhaps give us an indication of what the percentages are in this particular instance, which might give us a better understanding of how to deal with the, the, the issue of firearms. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you very much. Honorable Faku. Thank you, Chairperson. I did not get the response with regards to what is the strategy of making sure that the, the number increase in other provinces as we see in Gauteng and in the Western Cape. If um, National Commissioner and Minister can emphasize on that. But also, Chair, one of the things that I've noted uh, from the presentation is, uh, from what the National Commissioner is saying, is that um, there has been no firearms that has been reported stolen from the police station. I think we must appreciate that. If you remember the committee, that was one of our difficulties that you can't 
um, collect these firearms and, and still get lost within the custody of the police. I think for that chairperson, uh, we must appreciate the work that has been done by the police. We are hoping that up until the end, even if um, the, the, the firearm amnesty is again approved, that we would not have. Let us keep that momentum, Chair. I wanted to raise those two points. Chair, thanks. Uh, thank you, Honorable Faku. Honorable uh, uh, members, uh, firstly, my question to the Minister and uh, General Sitole. The last firearm amnesty ended on the 31st of May. We are now requesting a new amnesty, which will start on the 1st of August. What happens between the period of June and July? And would that be communicated very clearly? Because right now there is no amnesty. And there will be no amnesty between June and July. So what will happen between the periods of June and July? That is the first. And then I'd also like to, to indicate to members that we did not receive the notice for the 1st of August to the 31st of January, that that notice is still with the speaker. It has to be referred to the committee, and it is only once it has been referred to the committee that the notice can be circulated. So as soon as we have the new notice, we'll circulate that to the members, and we'll have to come back to approve the new amnesty from the 1st of August to the 31st of January. Thank you very much. I just need an indication what happens during these two months. Um, Minister and General Satole and your team. Uh, yes, Chair, um, can I be heard? Yes, Minister. Thank you, Chair. Uh, yes, Chair, going back to the Honourable uh, Dr. Hohenwald uh, about the... I, I don't want us to go and argue forever this 2010. Uh, uh, maybe on this side, we talk a lot with Dr. Hohenwald. Uh, we, we can s still talk about uh, those times and those periods and what happened to Dr. Hohenwald. Uh, there were many things that were put in place to make policing much better in preparation of 2010 and 2010 itself and post-2010. Many. Uh, maybe it would be a waste of time. You, you, you know, you, we had new, we had new, uh, we had new teams. There are boys here called the Mabaret, is technical response team. They they came to life around that time, they were not there before. Uh, they, they, they were South African police all the time. They had a gap, Dr. Hrunewald. So it would be your station, those guys that are trained to spend most of their time at the station and pushing the paper and all that. Sometimes they could even not be able to shoot properly because of the time they've pushed the papers at the station. And then with the high-powered units, like a national intervention unit, like a special task force. So there was a gap 
in dealing with immediate crime around the stations. So we created this technical response team that was based on stations. That is a team, to be honest, that uh, messed up the cash heist uh, at, 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 at the station and on the street level. But that team was also used to patrol between in between their stations, which made the streets very much safe. The question you and me will agree that they created a better visibility. So th- those are the things that some of them we need to go back on the top. Uh, that at, at one cash heist, uh, Dr. Hunovalt in Pretoria, I was three days in the job. So there was a cash heist, and then there were there were two getaway cars, and those cars was a C280 and the GTI. Police came on a Corolla. So even if police had chased those cars of getaway, they could. We changed there. That management we began to buy to buy. BMWs for the police, GT, high-powered cars. They drive BMWs, they drive GTIs today and all that. So there was a lot of change that happened. It was not just 20, 2010 only. 2010, I would be uh, ungracious if I say it didn't do anything. But much more was done to, to, to make sure that those things uh, happened. Those are the things that some of, of them were, were working on. We, we, we created a team, Dr. Hrunevarf, that was called a tracking team. We trained them in several countries. Their job was to wake up in the morning, go to CI, go to detectives, and say, give us the list of the guys you wanted today. They did nothing else except tracking down those criminals. That, that, was, that was their job. So we can't sit aside and talk about what happened and all that. Is a, is a story for another day. But there was a lot of job that was put in improving the police coming, coming on that. So by 2010, yes, it did. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, you asked the, the document. Uh, I, the document in my hand is an information note that might not have uh, reached you, which is a submission of approval for further. Uh, it, might, it might have been submitted to me uh, rather than submitted to you. Uh, so this one uh, of, 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 the, of the amnesty submitted to members, uh, we, we are very sorry that changing the dates today for this to be adopted and approved by the, the committee for approved with us, it looks like it's stuck in the office of the, of the, of the speaker. So, but it's the same document with only the change of dates. Uh, maybe uh, the commissioner will answer what happens between time, between now and then. There will be no amnesty. If you bring your gun in, in between unlicensed, you might fall in trouble. So we'll request the people to wait until the, until the amnesty, amnesty uh, comes. Dr. Kronenwald, the problem of illegal firearms, I would concede and concur with you, that we don't get much joy from those people bringing those firearms that have committed crime are in the hands of criminals. That is why I did make the explanation that we have operations. Uh, maybe we, in next, I will commit that in next portfolio committee, let's give the numbers of the firearms that are there because of the police operations. We, 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 find, we find a lot of them, those, those firearms. On our operations, 
uh, of our teams, uh, t- uh, team uh, Kipistamu and all those kind of things. So we're not just hanging on this. We're not just hanging on this process, but there are other processes that the police themselves uh, are, are, are working on them that doesn't need you to be cooperative for us to get the firearm from you. We just go there, do our work. We've got good teams, by the way, very good teams that are dealing with those illegal uh, firearms. But uh, in terms of communication and in terms of uh, backing the the community, we can continue to request that they bring bring those firearms they they don't need. Uh, the, the, the legal firearms and their owners wanted to keep them. I want to make this point because I was misunderstood last time. Nobody is going to force you with a legal firearm and you want to keep the legal firearm. The only thing that I think we'll have to strengthen maybe when we deal with the Firearm Act, uh, uh, honorable members, is that the owners must take an extra care when it comes to guns. For instance, what happened in Houghton, where a young boy uh, of primary school comes with a gun of the father at school, that's a dangerous situation. So it, those are the things that we'll have to work on them, that whoever is having a legal firearm, you must really understand that any way using it otherwise is a dangerous situation. So that's, that's, that's the thing. That I would uh, uh, that I would have uh, answered on 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 this one. Uh, I think uh, I have answered this, and the rest should be answered by the commissioner and the commissioner and and the team on the other members that uh, have asked the the questions. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Before the commissioner comes in, Honorable Mapatwe, would you like to come in as well? Or are you happy? Honorable Mapatwe, can you hear? Yes, ma'am. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know this thing. Do you still have a question? It doesn't seem as if he has a question. Um, on uh, General Satole, uh, Chair, I will take it that in the explanation given by the minister, the the question of the notice must have been clarified. But we submitted the notice this morning uh, to the parliamentary office. Then. Uh, just also on the firearms, uh, I, I want to go back to my report and confirm again that from the police stations, yes, not a single firearm has been reported stolen from those which are handed in at the police stations. But I've just asked for an IPS report. Eight of the firearms submitted has been identified positive through IPs. And those, those, those cases will then be subject to investigation. I, I, I will not be able then to give further details. Then I wanted to respond again to the question of counting the firearms. 
as firearms get handed in at the police stations they they are recorded manually but those firearms are thereafter move up to national national they are captured in the system therefore we we know at any given time through the system how many firearms has been handed in the, the, the question we were trying to avoid with the request that I advanced to, to Parliament was for us to publicly indicate which categories of firearms are in our hands. Hence, I, re, I requested that we submit it in writing so that it is directed through to Parliament, not because we haven't finally finished counting them. And that is it's, it's still my request that we give all the categories of firearms and then to, to Parliament uh, in writing because uh, honorable members would know that criminals are interested in the rifles and quite a, a lot of those. Then there's a question of which strategy i think there's also two questions there's two questions to this the other one speak to the gap between now and august uh, since there will be no amnesty and as well as the strategy that we are using to deal with illegal firearms so that that strategy honorable chair is the national crime combating strategy and uh, it follows the stabilization and normalization process uh, of fighting crime. So the, the National Crime Combating Strategy has got pillars, it's five pillars. One of the pillars is focusing on firearms uh, and as well as illegal firearms. So that particular strategy which will be in progress the minister has indicated that maybe people might need to wait a bit, but during the gap, the strategy shall be in action. So we deal with firearms according to the law and according to the operational approach. Then, Chair, there were two questions. Uh, both of them are questions uh, requiring information for the future uh, from the honorable member we exceed to the questions one is fire uh, is looking at whether the firearms stolen belong to security companies or they belong to subs or any institution and uh, as well as the percentage of the firearms whether it's a firearm that was legal and got stolen and it came back I think we will be able to provide that particular report uh, as per the request of the honorable member. There's a question of the circular that uh, was issued by us. Uh, Major General Mamuteti will answer this question with your permission, Chair. Thanks very much, uh, National Commission. The circular was issued um, during the um, lockdown at level four. However, it has since been rescinded, rescinded, and a new directive dated the 11th of May was circulated to all the provinces for implementation. Uh, thanks, Chair. The, the last point, just Chair, is just also to indicate to 
the committee because we also hear emphasis on visibility and we do accept that uh, your best way of reducing crime is enhancing visibility. But just to indicate that by now we've adopted the safer city approach and we've started with the execution of the safer city. And it's the 10 pilots. Uh, the biggest currently hotspot, which is Western Cape and Cape Metro and others, is one of the 10 pilots. But we've already completed a Tegwini and we're doing this uh, together with the minister and the deputy minister. So you, you will see visibility again in the, in, the, in the near future. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, honorable members. That uh, brings us to the end of that. I'm not going to take further questions. We are not going to be able to, um, to approve this uh, new firearm amnesty. The new notice for the new firearm amnesty, as General Sitole says, was only sent to the speaker this morning. The speaker has to refer it to the chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Police. It should then be tabled. And when it is tabled, it will come back to the committee for approval. I hope that is made very clear to the members um, we could not then circulate the notice because it was not formally sent from the Speaker's office to the committee or to the chairperson or to the, uh, the secretariat. Um, we'll now continue with uh, the um, input from um, Honourable... Chair, your mic is off. Sorry, are you with me? I'm with you again. Your mic Honorable, is off. Yes. Uh, Honorable Whitfield sent a letter which requested that um, we consider amending the IPAD Act to allow the committee to point, appoint the executive director of IPAD. I made it very clear in the last meeting that the IPAD amendment bill is with the president for the president's signature. So I'd like to um, uh, uh, I'd like guidance or direction from the committee if that amendment should, if we should do an amendment of that amendment, which is extremely cumbersome, or the amendment which is with the president should first be approved. This is complicated and I, I, I have no idea how the request of Honorable Whitfield would be accommodated. I'll now take Honorable Whitfield so that you could explain your case, please. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I'm, I'm very happy to do so. Uh, however, this is really only for the committee to deliberate on. I'm not sure that uh, we need to have the entire national management of SAPs or even the minister or deputy minister, I, I mean, could you just advise whether it's appropriate for the executive to weigh in on a matter that uh, is before the committee that deals with the executive uh, as set out in my letter? Um, 
Honourable Deputy Minister, and then I'll make a ruling. Honourable Deputy Minister, we can't hear you. Could you switch off your camera so that we could hear you, please? I was proposing here that uh, we should be excused and the committee can reflect and uh, if there is any information that must come our way, uh, it will be communicated to whatever Honourable um, Minister? Chairperson, uh, I, I, I am not opposed to what has been made by, proposal made by uh, Deputy Minister, and as raised by the Honourable Member, Mr. Whitefield. But for me, it's a bizarre. If I can just ask one question. Uh, is this a closed portfolio committee? Honourable, Honourable Minister, that yes. is exactly, Honourable Minister, this committee is not closed to committee members only. This is a committee meeting which includes all the members, which includes the minister and the deputy minister and the public. This meeting is open to the public. So there is no reason why the minister or the deputy minister or the commissioners should be excused. Is exactly, and, the, is exactly my point that are we creating the precedence now? where we have closed portfolio committees if you want to deliberate on some other things. Because that goes a long way to have a closed committee. It goes a very, very long way. Committee cannot just take a decision on that. It needs to get the permissions from the speakers. So I, I, I just want to be told so that we don't create precedents here of having closed committees if members Feel so. We are guided by law here. We don't just coming from ourselves how we feel about matters. I don't have a problem leaving the committee. I don't have a problem as suggested. But uh, I want to be told that is this the new way of if you are requesting somebody not to be in the committee, that's it happens. Or we still follow the law. Thanks. Honorable okay. members, honorable members, I'm not going to entertain this debate any further. I made it very clear. This is an open meeting. It is open to the public. It is open to the media. It is a recorded meeting. This is not a closed meeting. This meeting is open to the media. It is recorded. It will be on television. There is no reason for the deputy minister or the minister or the commissioner to leave. Unless they want to excuse themselves and they want to have any other uh, meetings and there is another reason for them to leave, the minister and the deputy minister are not required to leave. That is the ruling. I will not entertain this matter any further. Honorable Whitfield, you, you can present your situation. Thank you very much, Chair. It was a, a simple question and I appreciate your ruling. And I, um, I'm, I'm very happy to have the minister and the deputy minister uh, uh, in this meeting, um, because perhaps then they can explain why they uh, have operated outside of the law for the past three months with respect to the nomination process. But, Chair, allow me just to um, set out the purpose of the 
the, the letter. You are 100% correct, Chairperson, that in spite of um, unfortunate uh, delays, um, the IPID amendment bill was, was um, sent to the President last year. And uh, yes, 100% correct that we are waiting for the President to sign that into law. However, Chairperson, that amendment bill deals only with the Minister's powers to remove uh, the Executive Director um, uh, and was prescribed by the Constitutional Court in a judgment which also makes reference in the judgment to the appointment process, which I will touch on shortly, but uh, confines itself uh, to, to uh, order Parliament to only amend that section affecting the removal. I believe that the Committee has a responsibility to uh, consider some questions, Chair, and um, that the Committee, these questions are really directed to the Committee uh, uh, alone, which was why, and if I can just repeat the questions that are in my uh, letter, in spite of the request from the committee in March to the Deputy Minister for information relating to the nomination process, which uh, was not concluded uh, within the law, uh, why the Portfolio Committee has not been furnished with the details of that nomination process held earlier this year. The second question is, was uh, the Minister granted an initial extension in March 2020 and on what date was an extension granted and by whom? Uh, Chair, the third question is, where does the authority actually reside to grant the minister an extension and in terms of which act? Is it permissible for a joint committee to authorize such an extension uh, as was done in a previous joint committee meeting? Bearing in mind the different constitutional functions and responsibilities of the NCOP uh, and the National Assembly. Could this failure by the Minister to meet the, the, the legislated deadline in law, as the Minister uh, is so committed to the law, um, could this failure by the Minister to meet the deadline lead to litigation which could implicate the Portfolio Committee? Uh, and in that regard, Chair, I, I will, I mean, the letter has been uh, distributed to everybody and thank you very much for, for entertaining this matter. I'm not going to read the entire letter. However, it all hinges on a very important principle of independence. Uh, and I do not believe that uh, an executive authority should have the power to nominate, um, because there's a difference here, Chair, between the nomination and appointment process. I do not believe a minister in the executive should have the power to appoint the head of an independent police watchdog, um, such as IPID. And I want to just quote uh, very briefly, Chair, from that Constitutional Court judgment, uh, the McBride uh, versus Minister of Police in 2016, where the, the judge said in his uh, judgment, to my mind, this state of affairs creates room for the minister to invoke partisan political influence to appoint someone who is likely to pander to his whims or, his, or, or who is sympathetic to the minister's political orientation. I believe the committee has a duty, Chair, and a responsibility to immunize IPID from any potential political interference. Please understand that I'm not making any accusations. I believe the committee has a responsibility to ensure that there is no scenario in which IPID can be subjected to the whims of the executive. And I believe that by having a process that is open, fair, and transparent, led by the committee, 
uh, in the nomination end of the process that we would go a long way in achieving that. I'd also like to um, just appraise the committee that in the fifth parliament, this com uh, the Portfolio Committee on Police was presented with a comprehensive uh, uh, amendment uh, bill, draft amendment bill, which also dealt with the appointment process. It elected not to deal with the appointment uh, element or, or the nomination element of the amendment bill and confined itself uh, to the order of the court. And I believe that we now have an opportunity to ensure that the process is done uh, according to that principle of independence, which was set down in that judgment uh, in 2016. Uh, Chair, the letter is comprehensive. Uh, it is in the interests of protecting this portfolio committee uh, and, and ultimately ensuring that IPID is able to do its job without any fear or favor to curtail police abuse in this country and make sure that there is accountability for those police officers who have committed the most horrific abuses against the citizens of South Africa. Chair, that the, the letter is for the committee's consideration and I would encourage uh, the members uh, to, to look at it from the committee's perspective rather than uh, the ministers. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, uh, Honourable Whitfield. Honourable members, the uh, presentation of the letter which Honourable uh, Whitfield has uh, given us today has um, serious legal concerns and I do not think that it would be appropriate for the committee to discuss it in this fashion. What I'm going to request is that the legal advisor for the committee, that we do get legal advice on the matter, that we have a legal presentation, a legal analysis of what has happened. We were not part of the previous parliament in which the matter was presented. We need a historical perspective. Uh, we need the legacy report of what was done before. And I think once we have put all these reports in place, we'll be able to discuss this matter. We need an IPIT report and we need the, um, the report from the civilian secretariat on the processing of this um, amendment. So I'm not going to allow any discussion on the matter. The matter is placed on the committee's list of work that has to be done. And I think once we are ready for the matter, we'll be able to bring it to the committee. After the questions which have been asked by and, and the matters raised by Honorable Whitfield, I do not think that we have provided the committee with sufficient information which will enable us to discuss the matter. Um, if there is anybody who would like to comment on, what, on my ruling or what I have said, I would allow you to do so now. Yeah, it's Whitfield. Honorable Whitfield. Chair, I th thank you very much for your ruling and, and for entertaining uh, the matter and uh, calling for a thorough report to be presented. Could we get an indication, Chair, because uh, the Joint Committee um, has, whether erroneously or not, uh, extended the Minister's uh, nomination process. So I think it would be fair just to get an indication of when the Committee would be able to deal with such a report, uh, setting out the, you know, the legal um, you know, advices from the parliamentary legal team. Thank you. Honourable members, as um, far as I'm concerned, and the record shows, 
that whenever there is a request or there's a question or, or matter raised by any committee member, I try to ensure that we have a follow-up meeting as soon as possible. We had an IPAD meeting, we had the second IPAD meeting, we are now requesting a third meeting on IPAD. As soon as we are ready, I shall call that meeting. We'll also call the meeting to uh, agree and uh, approve the uh, new firearm amnesty. And as soon as we have those documents ready, I'll call the meeting for approval of the firearm amnesty. Any further comments? If not, the meeting is now adjourned. Thank you very much to the Deputy Minister, the Minister, General Satole and your team. Thank you, Honourable Members. The meeting is now adjourned. I thank you. Thank, thank you very much, Chair, to give us an extra minute. Thank you very much, Chair.